Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. I have to tell you a New York story, a quintessential New York story. So I had walked out of Merrily We Roll Along, which I highly recommend, even though it's a fortune. So try and find seats on a Thursday night when they're more or less half price and still a fortune. And I'm in my zone because I'm so happy to have seen a great Broadway show. And I'm at this second floor, first floor of the Edison parking lot on 44th Street, right across the street from Birdland. And I'm in a mood. And I see these two magnificently dressed, beautiful women, and I just start talking out loud to myself, as we do when we are in New York City. And I strike up a chat with our guest who is with us in the studio, Hesna Muhammad, and her friend. You have a charming friend. And we start talking about the shows that we've seen and what we've seen. And all of a sudden, Miss Muhammad, who I had not met at all before, says that she saw this play Pearly and... By the way, she was the daughter of Ossie Davis, and I almost fell on the floor because Ossie Davis is the playwright of Pearly. I had read the whole big New York Times piece about how the play came to be because it was originally performed many years ago, and now it's been revived. And I know a little bit, probably less than I should, about the extraordinary activism and artistry of Ossie Davis and his wife, Ruby D. And I asked Miss Muhammad, is Ruby D your mother too? And she's like, yes. So I thought, well, this is a conversation we want to have on the radio. Hesna Muhammad herself is a visual artist, writer, and educator. She wrote a book called Breathe in the Sky, Poems, Prayers, and Photographs. It's her first major publication. She studied writing and literature at Sarah Lawrence, and she also has a master's at Teachers College at Columbia. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank it's, you for having me. It's such a pleasure for you to come. Thank you for making the schlep in the studio. I really appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. So, well, let's first talk, because there's been a lot of talk, about this show, Pearly, which I know was remade into a musical as well, a very successful musical. But the original Pearly, it's spelled P-U-R-L-I-E, has been redone on Broadway, and it's gotten fabulous reviews, and you had just come from seeing it, and your father wrote it. That's right. So tell us about it. It's Pearly Victorious. Pearly Victorious. Pearly Victorious. Thank you. Yes. And it um, was first on Broadway in 1961, and it was starring my dad as Pearly and my mom as Ludie Bowne. And there was a film version in 1963 that they starred in. And then, as you said, the the musical in 1970 with Melba Moore and Cleavon Little. And Cleavon Little, didn't he go on to Blazing Saddles? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) And um, 
It hasn't been seen, the straight play hasn't been seen on Broadway since 1961. It's a play about a preacher, takes place in the Jim Crow South, Mm. and it's about a preacher who wants to buy back his grandfather's church and preach freedom in the cotton patch. And it um, there's a ruse to get $500 from the plantation owner. And they, through a little bit of wit uh, and a little bit of the Constitution, they get this $500 and they, they're able to buy the church back. That's the simple version of it. It's about, it's a love story. It's about um, self-love, generational wealth. Um, there is racism, as you know, being set in Jim Crow South, but it's also about the release from that and moving on for everyone to love one another, you know. So um, that's a nice message. Yeah, yeah. And the day that you saw us, I've seen the play many times, many, many times. It was definitely a New York moment because when you came into that parking garage area, you said, "What?" You know, we were asking everybody, "What place did you <laughs> see?" I said, see? "Okay, this is someone we can talk to." <laughs> <laughs> and um, my friend and I responded. Yeah, and, that was uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. You were all dressed up. Yeah, fun. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to admit, I was completely bowled over to have met you. I must say, I, I, you could see my mouth fall down um, because, uh, well, because it isn't every day you meet somebody who really is a, a child of, of royalty, right? I mean, your parents were a kind of royalty. Yeah. And I am, along with my brother and my sister, we manage their legacies and we are so humble and so honored especially for the love of them and their work. And it's really showing with this play. It stars Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, I saw him. I saw him in Hamilton. I saw the original. I saw him in that. And Carrie Young, who is a brilliant actor. And um, together, they bring this story back to life with such love and reverence for my dad's work. So we're really, really pleased about that. And I didn't realize until I had read the review that Ossie Davis was a playwright in addition to being such a distinguished actor himself. Yeah. Your parents was... had so much, so much dimensions to their artistry. Yeah. You know, especially for, for black artists in that day coming up in the 40s, 50s, 60s, as they did, their options were limited, more limited than than options are now. So they had to find ways to make money. So while they did focus on the theater and movies, etc., there were times when they had to go on the road and they would read poetry and have these um, two-person performances. And my father's first love was playwriting. You know, he was brought up, uh, he was born in Cogdale, Georgia, and he was brought up in Waycross, Georgia, and that's referenced in the play. And um, When was he born? 1917. Okay. Yeah. And um, he... Imagine a world. It's, it's, I mean, just imagine that world. Okay. Yeah. And he lived that life. You know, my grandparents weren't sharecroppers, but my father knew that life, you know. And he decided that he wanted to go to college, so he hitchhiked. He walked from Waycross, Georgia, to Howard University. Howard University is one of the historically black colleges. And um, 
<laughs> while he was there, he saw the performance of Marian Anderson on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Oh my God! Because she was she wasn't allowed to to form to form to perform elsewhere, and he said that at that concert he made a decision that he was going to commingle his art and activism. And he also he decided to be a playwright. And he left Howard and came to New York. Did he graduate Howard? No, he did not. Oh, he left. Wow. He left. And the rest is history. Yeah. You know? And he settled in Harlem? Well, uh, yes, he did. He pretended to be someone from a, a Jamaican immigrant so that he could get <laughs> food from Father Divine. And, Why was it uh, better to be a Jamaican immigrant? Because in that particular place to get food, you needed to be, you know, it, it was a Jamaican community. Oh. And he um, he would pretend <laughs> so that he could get food. Is that but how he, he met Harry Belafonte? Uh, I'm not sure how they met. I don't recall. But I do know that it had a lot to do with activism. They were both... Um, mentees of Paul Robeson. Who is my idol, by the way. Yes, mine too. My my real, I mean, when I go home, it's interesting, I had the great pleasure of meeting and interviewing Maya Angelou. Mm. And I will send you that because I think you'll enjoy that interview. It really changed my life. Anyway, but sometimes I feel like a motherless child is is one of my songs. Mm -hmm. And she broke out and sang it during our interview. I thought I Mm-hmm. She just starts singing it. Wow. So I grew up, my father was a great admirer, most of my parents, of Paul Robeson in particular. They felt that this country had treated him so miserably and had squandered his talent, you know, and, and he became very bitter, mm-hmm. understandably so. But for those of you who don't know who Paul Robeson is, he was a magnificent black man who was, I think, an all-American athlete. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, and he had a voice, a bass voice. He was the original Old Man River in Showboat. Uh, and he created recordings that to this day, if I need to cry, Hesna, mm-hmm. I put on some Paul Robeson and I cry. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes put on his speeches because they are so uplifting. Um, he was an activist mm-hmm. ar- around the world. Yes, he was. And um, he was it, he was accused of being um, a, a communist. communist. And he went to Russia. Yes, because he flirted with the idea that maybe what they were doing over there would be better for his people and himself and mm-hmm. life. And then he came back here and he was treated miserably. Yeah, and he refused to claim whether he was a communist or not because he didn't have to as an American citizen. And um, they did take his passport, and he died ill and impoverished after everything he had done. So did your father know him personally? Yes. They knew? He knew him? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just an admirer from afar. Oh, no. Mm-mm. And, you know, uh, Paul Robeson would speak to folks like Harry and my dad, and they would have meetings and conversations, and um, certainly they were comrades. 
Absolutely. Did you meet Paul Robeson yourself? Do you remember? I don't remember meeting him. Uh, I do know he came. I think he came to the house. Uh, I know my sister met W.B. Du Bois. She remembers that. She's my older sister. So I don't remember meeting him, but uh, I do believe he came to the house. My parents were almost going to name me after his wife as Landa. Uh, but they named me after my mother's sister. Is 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 Hesney your original name? Is that it your is name? It's not. My original name is Laverne Davis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you changed it. So you have your own journey. I do. I do. And I'm writing about that as well as writing about Pearly Victorious. Because one of the things um, that has grabbed me about this, I was four with the, when the original production was on Broadway. Do you remember it? I don't. I'm sure I went to the theater to see it because they took me to the theater all of the time. And I do remember being with my mother's mother in the mezzanine or balcony and seeing a play. And it couldn't have been Raisin in the Sun. I mean, it could have been, but that came out earlier. So I would have even been, I would have been two. Were you named Laverne because of Raisin in the Sun? Were you named after the playwright? No, that was Lorraine Hansberry. Oh, Lorraine Hansberry. No, Pardon I was me. named I after Laverne. my mother's sister, Laverne. Okay, okay. And... Um, my father's sister-in-law was named Laverne, and she was Laverne Davis also. Okay. So there were times when the three of us were in the house with Laverne, Laverne, Laverne. That's funny. And yeah. no Shirley. Yeah, anyway, yeah. That's another yeah. conversation. <laughs> I have a friend, actually, Sidney Poitier's daughter, Sherry, and sometimes we were Laverne and Sherry. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh my goodness, yeah. So um, I was that young and didn't really remember the original production. So my interaction with it now is as an adult, a grown woman. And I am so drawn to the women of Pearly Victorious, mm. the characters, because it's those characters who make the plot unfold. They, in, they enable the character arcs of the other characters to um, come to fruition. And without the, the work and the personalities of those characters, the ruse doesn't work. You, you don't get to the, the happy, happy ending. So I've been drawn to them, and I've been talking to them, interviewing them, and also the women backstage. We've got a production stage manager and a stage manager, two women, two BIPOC women. And those are the women that my parents talked to me about. When we were younger, they would tell, tell us, you know, we need more black folks behind the scenes, um, on cameras, uh, in production offices, and when is this going to happen? Who's going to take Lorraine Hansberry's place? Mm. I remember father, my father asking me. And so now this production has really allowed that to come to fruition. It's a very diverse 
cast and crew. And this is what they talk to us about. Yeah, are the tickets selling well? They are now. Yeah. The, you know, it closes on Sunday. Oh, I didn't realize yes, it that. It was extended. It was supposed to close at the end of January. Near, near. There's a lot uh, of plays closing right now. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a turnover it type is. of time. It is. And um, so it's difficult to get tickets now, but you know, you still can. Uh, straight plays aren't as populated as musicals. Oh, it's always a tougher sell. Yeah. They are. And at one point during the run, Pearly Victorious was the only straight play on Broadway. Really? Yeah. Last year, they were like seven. It's been a thin season anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think there's one now. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, at one point, we were the only one. Um, but it was a great run. It, it, it's And it's coming to a close with joy and and we couldn't feel more pleased and proud of the way things have turned out. We're chatting with Hesna Muhammad. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. And welcome back. We're chatting with Hesna Muhammad, the daughter of Asi Davis and Ruby D. She herself is a very accomplished writer, academic. She completed her master's in teaching English and got an EDD in organizational leadership at Columbia University. Uh, currently, she well, she was a Schomburg Center for Research and Black Culture fellow, and she is also a moth storyteller, which I guess, Hesna, is very much in the tradition of your parents. It must be in the DNA. <laughs> yes, I I actually had uh, stage fright for a while, and I don't know where that came from. But you know, I guess I could talk to a therapist about it. But um, I decided that I would take the opportunity to speak in front of groups as often as I could, so that I could overcome that. And when I had the opportunity to tell the moth story, um, that was helpful. I'm part of a group called Daughters of the Movement. What and is that? It is a group of daughters of other civil rights leaders. Um, Gina Belafonte, daughter of Harry Belafonte. Suzanne Kay, daughter of Diane Carroll. Stacey Lynch, daughter of Bill Lynch. Um, Ilyasa Shabazz, daughter of Malcolm X. Uh, Dominique Sharpton, daughter of Al Sharpton. And Keisha Sutton James, daughter of Percy Sutton. And uh, while we aren't the only daughters of, of the movement, my sister is certainly included, um, we came together like-minded, like our experiences growing up were similar, and we just got the sisterhood together. And we were invited to tell moth stories at the Schomburg. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to write about. And before it happened, I encountered this young lady at the pool. I'm a swimmer. And um, I swim in Danbury, Connecticut, or Wilton, Connecticut. Oh, really? At the Y? At the mm-hmm. Wahoos? Mm-hmm. That's where my daughter learned to swim, too. It's down the road from where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I go swimming, I'm the only one who looks like me, the only other African-American really? woman that I see. I'm the one. Now, in the summertime, you'll see... Um, black women, you'll see them wading in the water or playing with their kids and, you know, all that great stuff. But I don't see folks looking like me swimming laps for fun and exercise. So uh, the outdoor pool was being used for a competition, so I had to go indoor one day, indoors. And there was this uh, black man and his daughter, and they we parked next to each other. I said, wow, you know, great black people. And when I got into the locker room, I see the young lady, and she has her bathing suit on. 
And um, I was more excited. Wow, she's going to go swimming. And, um, you know, it's always touch and go when you're talking to children in locker rooms and, you know, things like that. So I didn't really say much to her other than, you know, hello, have a good Friendly swim. smile. Yeah, yeah. Right. And she was stuffing her dry hair into her swim cap. And I wanted to tell her, you know, you're supposed to wet your hair first, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, when I got poolside, she was there. And there were so many things I wanted to tell her. I wanted to ask if she knew the history of black people in swimming, whether she knew about um, what it took for us to be able to swim in this pool. And I didn't say anything, but I, you know, we swam, and she was a good swimmer. And I saw her again after my swim, and I wanted to tell her about the Harlem Honeys and Bears and the Olympic swimmers, and I did, and I just didn't say anything to her. And I kicked myself, you know, about not saying anything. But what I realized was that she saw me, and I saw her, and that was enough. So... I turned that into a moth story, and not only did I tell it with the Daughters of the Movement at the Schomburg, I told it around three more times. They put me on the podcast, and I'll be a part of the book that's oh, coming out. Oh, how wonderful. It's called Swimmer Girl, so you can I go to love moth. it. Yeah, mothdog.org and uh, hear about Swimmer Girl. And, of course, I'm writing about you know my encounter, uh, finding other people who look like me, mm-hmm. who swim. Who swim. And I have found that in Atlanta. I'm part of an organization called Swim, Bike, Run for Life. It's a triathlete. Are you organiza- a triathlete as no, well? No. No, okay. No, no. It's a tri- triathlete organization. Okay. I just stick to my part. Okay. <laughs> the swimming. And then there's an organization, Diversity in Aquatics. And we're going to be going to Grenada in June for water safety. And to have a week-long, actually a month-long swim experience for the island as well as those who come along. So I have a friend, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a connector. I have a friend uh, in Weston whose daughter, they're, they're big swimmers. And uh, the daughter has basically devoted her life to creating the Swim Foundation which raises money to teach swimming to children that don't have access to swimming. Mm-hmm. I should hook you up. Please do. I will hook you up. Please do. And that person should know about diversity in aquatics. Mm. And May already. I, yeah. And I would love to know about other swimmers in the area. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, she originally grew up in Weston. She doesn't live in Weston anymore, mm-hmm. but her mother does. But she has this, I think, nationwide foundation, and it's specifically devoted to helping underprivileged kids swim. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Good. That's very cool. So you're going to go to Grenada? I am. I've been before, and uh, I'll back in 2015. And yes, I'll be going. Again. We're chatting with Hester Muhammad, who is the daughter of Ruby D and Asi Davis. Was Ruby D? You have to refresh my memory. I know I could do a quick Google. Was she also in the movie Raisin in the Sun with Sidney Poitier? Is that who I'm remembering? Yes, that mm-hmm. was a, a luminous performance. And you said you grew up with Sherry um, Poitier. You guys must have been close friends behind the scenes too as families, right? Yes. My mother and Uncle Sidney's wife, Aunt Juanita, his first wife, uh, were best friends. 
And so, oh, okay, um, and so that must have been hard when they got divorced because he married Joanna and he stayed married yeah, to her yeah. for a long time. Yeah, well, it wasn't difficult. Um, you know, you just kind of open up your okay. heart and add more people, to, you know. Um, but, and she played, my mom played opposite Uncle Sidney as his love interest six or seven times in, in movies, movies and, on, and yeah. on stage. So our families were very close. They lived in Pleasantville for a while, and then they moved upstate New York. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, were, we were friends. And my Aunt Juanita and my mom were fierce uh, activists as well. They would take Sherry and me in our little strollers. And we would go up. Our, they took us to, we were told, because we were little, uh, to GE to demand uh, jobs for African-Americans. Um, I, Aunt Juanita uh, would have ideas to have these meetings with Lorraine Hansberry, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, leaders of the civil rights movement, and they, she would invite them to her home so it would be away from cameras, away from press, so that they could plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aunt Juanita would have that idea. She'd call my mom, and together they would do it. And my mom... Uh, we kids would be playing around. We'd all be. Do you remember Martin Luther King Jr. yourself? Do you remember meeting him? No, I don't. Um, my parents did, um, but I don't remember meeting him. I knew his children. Um, his son just died. I right? know. Yeah. I know. Uh, his oldest child, Yolanda, is one who I knew, um, but I didn't know him. And I met uh, Mrs. King. Once. It's just interesting. I mean, Harry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier both died within the last couple of years. Yeah. These these were your parents' best friends. It's hard. That's right. I mean, on an international stage, front page, everything. But to you, these were men that you knew and loved. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Harry, Uncle Sidney. Um, sometimes we call Harry, Harry. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's everybody, even his kids called, called him When Harry. did your dad pass? In 2005, and uh, February 4th, 2005, oh, which up, is yeah. the day that the play closes. Ah, you know, wow. So it's going to be... His spirit is there. Oh, yeah. And my mom, too. And everybody feels it. Everybody when feels it. When did she it. pass? She passed in 2014, June 11th, 2014. Yeah. And um, everybody feels it. And I'm just so humbled by mm. the love. Pearly Victorious, to so go get your tickets before it closes on Sunday. Go, yeah. go, go. Hesna Muhammad, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you for having really, me. Really, I'm, I'm so happy to meet you, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll be in touch further. And you're welcome back on the show anytime you like and Thank you. to talk about your activism. And um, maybe you'll come back on for Juneteenth and remind us about why Juneteenth is so important. Okay. That would be lovely for us. Okay, but I would have folks do some homework first, you know, to find out exactly what Juneteenth is really all mm. about, because it's more than the eye, what meets the eye. I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. Thank you so much. What You're a welcome. pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 